Welcome back, welcome back. I'm Joshua Thompson. And I'm Angela Brown. And, and this, this is Melanated, Melanated Moments in Classical Music. Angela, we've been hanging out for a little bit, doing yeah. this for a few. We've had some earth-shattering performances, some names that maybe we haven't heard before. Right, right. Uh, and so guess what? What? I'm going to bring you another one. What? Are you ready? Who? Okay. I'm going to take you back to Civil War United States. This is not a place we, as melanated people, like mm -hmm. to go back to. Well, but we're going anyway. No going way. anyway. Be easy, be easy. I'm, I'm going to do what I can. Okay. So this composer and this performer I've highlighted, his name is Thomas Wiggins. Okay. Also known as Blind Tom. Yes. Have you heard of him? I have heard okay. of him. Born in 1849, born mm -hmm. into slavery. Yes. So again, like I said, we're doing Civil War, so we know how this how this is going to go. But he <laughs> <laughs> was born into slavery in 1849, mm -hmm. and at a very, very young age, his slave owners noticed that Thomas wasn't quite like everyone else um, okay. because he, he couldn't see. He was blind. Here's uh, the blind time. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But he was also nonverbal. He oh. didn't speak. Okay. And so, as if I care about what a slave owner thinks, but if you were, mm -hmm. what you going to do with a blind, nonverbal slave hand? Well, they well, put him down on the piano. This guy is absolutely phenomenal. So, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, they put him on the piano. On the piano. Okay, so he was in the house, evidently. Right. You know, they saw him, maybe heard him playing around or something on the piano one day. I'm glad you said it. So, okay. He's nonverbal. We would consider that now in modern times very high on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love highlighting him because if we're talking about ableism and all these things, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to have sight or hearing or even the, uh, the ability to speak to contribute to the canon of, of music. They noticed at a very young age that he could mimic perfectly anything that he heard. Wow. So the birds he would hear perfectly mimics it. Uh, people would come and they would give speeches and he would immediately be able to memorize and recite back exactly what was told to him. I mean, instantly. Though he could not, he didn't speak. Not on his own. On his own. Nope. If he heard something, he could mimic it back through speech. Through speech. And later mimicked it back on piano. Wow. So birds and bees, you know, you know he, would, he, would, uh -huh. uh, he would be able to do that and come up with a song. There's a piece that I perform now. It's called Water in the Moonlight. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he heard it during a thunderstorm and just heard what rain sounds like falling in puddles during the thunder. And it sounds just like water in the moonlight. Wow. But for this piece, mm -hmm. I wanted to pick Battle of Manassas. Okay. So Battle of Manassas, for those of you somewhat like myself who really didn't care for history class mm -hmm. all that much when you we were growing up. You don't act like a child. You... I grew up, I'm, I'm a blurred, I'm a black nerd. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. There's lots of us out there. Blurred unite. Yes, baby. You know, we out there. Blurred unite. So not to bore, because the music is really the important part. But Battle of Manassas, by many historical accounts, honestly, is kind of like the first major battle okay. of the Civil War. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what Thomas Wiggins does is he puts this to music, and I absolutely love it because it really gives sound to the sights and the intensity of the battle from the cavalry to the infantry. So at the beginning, you know, we're starting with that cavalry, very far off at first, but getting closer and closer and closer. So you see what I'm talking about? Yes. So the sound of the entry in the cavalry, that very uh -huh, beginning uh -huh. piece, that brum, 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 right? Yeah. It's the trappings of war. And especially 
the American Civil War. But remember, this is the life of a musical genius, but during this time, he's also a slave. And so in this next part, you can hear this melancholy and this, this longing. at the end there, you can hear things are escalating quickly and tensions and fury are ramping up. And as we go on, you'll hear a rendition of the Star Spangled Banner, obviously referencing America, but all is not well in the Union. right there supposed to represent the cannons firing as battle breaks out and stuff hits the fan and it's it's just a it's a wonderful mess Battles are never neat and clean and tidy, uh, especially not the Civil War. But getting towards the end of the piece, clearly things got crazy. So this is one of the more eclectic, but just as vibrant pieces that really displays his genius. But do you really think that he was lauded as the genius that he was back then? Of course not. Okay. Well, give me give me your top two reasons probably for why not. Him was a slave. <laughs> There's that okay. part. There's that. that part. Right. And for what they would probably consider, he was handicapped. Right. You know, but I mean, he might not have been able to speak or see, 
Right. But there were no chains on his mind. Right. It's fascinating. It's an intense music. I mean, I can only imagine what it must be like in the brain of someone like that. You know, you have to find another way to communicate and articulate feeling, expression, you know. Can, Can you tell me when this piece was written? Because the reason why I asked is because I wanted to know when mm. this piece came together for him as a musician. 1861. Okay. 1861. Okay. So, and that's the other part of it, too. He's very much living in the moment, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be composing for things that are relevant to him, things that he's hearing in his lifetime. Right. He's instantly going to put it down. Okay. okay. Um, so he would travel throughout the United States and even through Europe with his slave owners, Unfortunately, not even as a performer like we think today, mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, headlining stadiums or, mm-hmm. or concert halls. It's very much like they would do back a, then. A freak show. Freak shows. And exactly. that's exactly what they call them. So mm-hmm. you're going to go check out the bearded lady. Mm-hmm. You're going to go check out the muscle man. And then the you're also going to see. woman in the world right. or whatever. And then you're yeah. going to see however they had him mm-hmm. listed. And I love the fact that it's out there and his pieces are out there because now he is finally being reframed mm-hmm. with the respect and the level of dignity that he absolutely deserves. Unfortunately, because of who he was writing for and who he was owned by, there's a lot of people, a lot of black people, a lot of slaves, ex-slaves, and then also newspapers and periodicals that were owned mm-hmm. by black people mm-hmm. were not really a fan of Thomas Wiggins. They weren't. Why do you think that was? Well, they they would state explicitly that he is upholding the worst of the negative stereotypes of mm. black people. And in my head, I'm like, the dude couldn't say. Okay. And he doesn't even own himself. Yeah. He's nonverbal. So for me, it seems very unlikely that he actually is giving tacit consent to how his right. gifts and his talents are being used. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. we know how it is in modern times now here, yes. right? Whether it be mm-hmm. locally uh, in the United States or elsewhere, if you aren't there and if you don't know that deep history and that deep culture, it becomes a lot easier to run with assumptions, generalizations right. without having mm-hmm. the nitty gritty. There you go. The information. So enjoy this man's catalog. There are so many pieces that are now starting to come to light and not mm-hmm. just the pieces, but works and stories about him as a person, right. not as a freak, not as an act, not as anything other than one of the most brilliant composers in American history. So, I'm Joshua Thompson. And I'm Angela Brown. And, and this, this is Melanated, Melanated Moments in, in Classical Music. music. Melanated Moments in Classical Music is a production of Classical Music Indie. Our producer is Ezra Baker Trupiano. Our production intern is Albany Hart. Our theme music was composed by Laura Karpman. Melanated Moments in Classical Music is proud to partner with CAPA, the Coalition for African Americans in the Performing Arts, supporting Black classical musicians, opera singers, youth, and others in the performing arts by bringing color to the classics. Learn more at 4, that's the number 4, C-A-A-P-A dot O-R-G. Classical Music Indie streaming and podcasting is made possible by the Allen Whitehill Clues Charitable Foundation. 
Melanated Moments in Classical Music is proud to partner with Morning Brown Incorporated, working to bridge the gap between accessible live music programs and underserved individuals, schools, and communities. Where the offering of classical music is rare or the cost of experiencing classical music is prohibitive. Learn more at morningbrown.org. 